Hey guys, welcome to Ask the Podcast. Super glad you stopped by. Our team is made up of professional therapists and amateurs. Since we don't know your personal situation, we might get it wrong sometimes, but we will always give you the best advice we can with the information we have. We love getting your questions, so keep them coming. And this is a discussion format, so sometimes we curse, and sometimes we talk or laugh over each other. We want y'all to feel like part of our team. Remember, if you need emergency help, please call 911 or the suicide hotline, the number of which is on our website, www.askthepodcast.com. Hey! Welcome to Ask the Podcast. Sid and I are talking today about angry teens. So teens, we're going to talk to you about ways to deal with when you're just feeling angry all the time and you don't even know why. So teens, how many of you just sometimes feel just pissed off at the world and you just don't even know why? Hands? I want to see hands raised. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm guessing many. Yes. Yeah. I remember feeling like that as a teen. Do you? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Do you have anything you want to start with? Well, the the first thing I always advise in terms of, you know, feeling a lot of anger is to remember, remember the impulse control piece of just, you know, like, t- just take a breath. Like being, I, I always tell everybody, feelings just happen. It's what we do with the feelings that either create the problem or the solution, you know? So being angry just happens and it's not necessarily a, a dysfunction or a problem that you feel the anger. It becomes a problem if you decide to punch your boss in the face or if you decide <laughs> to scream and yell at a customer or if you decide to, you know, like throw something at your parents' head, mm-hmm. you know, like that. So the behavior is the problem that's as a result of the, of the emotion. Yeah. So really the, the first thing I always advise everyone is just, just take a, take a breath. You know, maybe take two if you need to, because then you can decide what you want to do instead of just reacting. Absolutely. Well, so where I was kind of thinking of going with this today, and I've talked about this before, I love the anger iceberg. I use it with a lot of my clients because, you know, I even wonder, do you think anger is a real emotion? Do you think anger exists? I, I do, but I think it's a, it's more of a symptom than an emotion in and of itself, because it's always related to something that, that made you angry. Right. It, it's kind of a culminate, a culmination of emotions. Right. It seems like it's sort of like the, it's the manifestation. It's what people see. Yeah. It's what people see, but if we like, so this is where the anger iceberg comes in everybody. So Sydney knows the anger iceberg. Hey, <laughs> if you're looking at an iceberg, you know, The analogy comes from you see a small part above the water, but then down below the water, there's this huge, massive amount of ice that you just don't even know. And ergo why the Titanic sank, right? Because it hit an iceberg and, you know, you don't see how big it is under the water. So anger is above the water. It's that it's what we see above the water. Below the water, you can have sadness. You can have betrayal. Um, maybe you feel shocked or scared or disappointed, um, devastated, lonely. I don't know. What are some other, I mean, there's so many emotions under the water that I think, um, anxiety, sometimes when you're feeling really overwhelmed and really anxious about something going on at school or something you have to do, you come across as angry, you know, maybe you'll snap at people faster. Right. And I, um, I, I do think 
that that can be said of pretty much any emotion, like, you know, sadness is related to something else. Um, The interesting thing about anger is that there's the classic expression of anger, you know, screaming, yelling, you know, maybe being aggressive, that kind of thing. But there are, there are a few other ways to express anger. Um, There are some people I know who cry when they're angry. You know, and so they look like they're sad, but it's really just them being frustrated and angry. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, and there, there are some people who become very quiet and kind of aggressive, like this, with <laughs> their language, and so well, they're not scarier. screaming and yelling, but you can tell that they're angry. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, like hunger and being tired, um, being insecure, feeling helpless. I'm trying to see embarrassed, humiliate, I think I already covered those, shame, you know, contempt. Like sometimes if we're feeling like disgusted by somebody, it can come across as anger, grief. So all these things, well, you know, that's where the term hangry came from, right? Because you're actually really just hungry and you come across as angry because you're starving and your body's just like, I need food, stat. So understanding What's underneath your anger will help you to be able to figure out what's causing stuff. And that gets us to our next thing, how to deal with this stuff, how to deal with this anger. And it can be hard. It can be difficult to figure out what exactly it is that you're feeling that's making you angry, right? Correct. And that's why the breath sometimes helps not, not just in terms of stopping the impulse, but also like, wait a minute, what, what's really going on here? You know, cause the whole, the whole thing about managing anger, people talk about anger management. Mm-hmm. The, the first thing is to know what your triggers are. If there are classic things that make you angry. So, you know, being able to, um, to figure that's out going. Those, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, to, to figure out things things ahead of time, you know, like if you're going to go into a situation that you know is going to make you angry, you know, you can kind of prepare yourself ahead of time. Um, the next thing is to, to stop yourself from doing anything and then figure out what you want to do, you know, or actually yeah, what is, what you need to do because what, what you want to do may not be what you need to do. Absolutely. And what your real goal is, you know, stop and think, what is my goal in this? What is, what's my end goal? And, and don't, don't tell me, I just want to kick his ass because, you know, that's not really your end goal. Your end goal is you want this person to listen to you and respect you, or you want this person to understand what you're trying to get across or whatever, you know, you want them to leave you the hell alone, whatever it is. It's like, you want them to listen to you and respect you. But yeah. So, okay. The reason I interrupted Sydney and was laughing and being stupid and saying, that's where we're going is I held my iPad up to show her and it's completely invisible on zoom. It's just not showing up at all, which I think is, it's cool. It's like an invisibility. You put it in front of your face, then I can see it, but. Really? Oh, not now. Yeah. Okay. It's an invisibility cloak. I'm so excited. I've always wanted one. Okay. Yes. Coping skills or figuring out your triggers. Um, So when you said anger management, it made me stop and go, but do we really want to manage anger? I mean, I guess so. It's such an overused term. Or do we want, you know, I guess it is still managing it. I'm really philosophical today. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) 
Well, that's why I use the term because a lot of people understand what that term means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they have gotten, they've, somebody has said, you know, you need to manage your anger or well, there's an anger management class or whatever. Um, I do like the fact that it's, you know, that we, that we say things like anger management, not anger elimination, because that's unrealistic or, you know, anger squashing or whatever other word you want to use because managing, I mean, like, like I said, emotions just happen. It's yes. what we do with them. So it's a matter of managing their expression to meet the best, most constructive end goal. And also saying that, you know, that anger just happens, like it it can be something that needs to be managed or whatever, Um, doesn't shame people for having anger. Like I know some people that get angry that they're angry. Yeah. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't want to punch that guy in the face. Well, but you, you, you just do. Yeah, There's no shame in having an emotion. It just yeah. exists. Exactly. You know, the fact that you didn't punch him in the face is the thing you should be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm also, I'm thinking about a specific mm-hmm. situation where I'm thinking, so sometimes, sometimes when other people hurt us, so let's talk about that kind of, that kind of anger for a minute, you know, like people who are sexually assaulted or bullied, like really bullied. Yeah. So I'm thinking about anger that comes from that sort of feeling from being victimized. Let's put it that way from, well, from, from somebody trying to victimize you, let's put it that way instead, because you don't have to embrace, you don't have to feel like a victim, but you know, it's, there's a lot of emotion that comes with somebody assaulting us or bullying us and we get all these emotions and we don't know what to do with them. I don't know. It, I think it's really an important component of the anger. So that's, that's where the anger iceberg comes in, where you, you need to take some time. You need to stop and you need to go, what am I really feeling underneath all this? Um, Cause especially if you've been assaulted, you are probably feeling grief you're, you know, maybe you're grieving, maybe you feel like your innocence has been taken from you and it has not been. You're feeling pain. Um, and when I say it has not been, it's because you own your innocence. Nobody can take that from you. You own your power. No one can take that from you. Um, you feel scared. You feel maybe guilty that it happened for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, you're embarrassed. Anyhow, there's so many emotions and just trying to figure out where that is coming from is going to help you figure out how to move beyond it and not allow the perpetrators, the bullies to continue to hurt you. Because once frequently, once an abuse stops, there's that long lasting emotional trauma, right? That goes along with the, the assault or the abuse. And getting to a point where you can stop being angry. Anger is important. It's an important stage of grief. You know, I really, I love it when my clients get pissed because I'm like, yes, your power, you've got the power, you know? That's an interesting point though. Not to, not to derail what you're saying. There are some people who feel, um, they feel powerful when they're angry. So they like that feeling and they don't necessarily want to manage it. You know, yeah, Um, they don't necessarily want to squash it and it can become problematic at that point. And so in terms of teenagers managing anger, they may feel as though people actually listen 
when they lose their temper or they're finally getting their point across to their parents or you have no idea how mad I am about this. Let me show you. That's you a know? really good point. Punching a hole in a wall, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You're going to listen to and, me if I'm mad. Right. And that somehow it hurts the other person if you express that anger, but that that's an important piece to remember. It really doesn't. Um, it may get a point across, but you know, it can potentially damage the relationship. It can, you know, cost money in terms of damaging property, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Physical injury, et cetera. You might go to juvie. If you're over 18, you might go to jail. That would be worse. Yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I, I mean, I do. Yeah. So what you're talking about is where it becomes more of like an addictive high also. I mean, I think, you know, where people get sort of a high off of, of the anger and stuff. And that's a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah. And what I'm talking, I'm thinking it's just how to take that anger, figure out what it is so that you can move on and you can leave the perpetrator behind. Right. So it's, it's figuring out those emotions. So then what do you do? You look at the trigger. So, okay. Now it's got like going two different directions. I've now taken us two different directions. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, this is not news for you. (laughs) Well, and you get you and me together in a room, you get the two of us together in a room. And, uh, oftentimes, yes, we go off in a totally different direction than we intended to. Yes. Well, this was my, this thought was my original thought and I just forgot it because I was running around and I was just like, ah, chicken with her head cut off this morning. Yeah. This was the original direction I wanted to go with this, but it's also really important to go in the, the direction that we actually started with on this episode. So let's look at, let's look at ways of coping with two different types, the two different or two different directions that we're talking about. So with this particular one, I think it's super important to get, figure out ways to get your anger out. If you've been, if you have been harmed, if somebody else has harmed you, whether it's psychologically, emotionally, or physically, and it's causing you a lot of anger, what are some good ways of expressing that anger in a safe way? You're asking me this question or are you yeah, going to answer? Can. I've got some ideas if you, if, if I'm catching you off, off guard. No, no, it's yeah, fine. It's I just fine. didn't want to interrupt you. If you were going to, if you were going to finish that sentence. No, please go ahead. Um, um, I often make the joke that the fact that I go to kickboxing has saved somebody's life at some point along the way. I, you know, and, and I know I'm not murderous. It's entirely a joke. Ha ha. Um, but yeah, there are, there are ways, you know, if you if physically it's part of it is figuring out what works for you. And so you may need to do a couple of things, you know, if screaming and yelling works for you, then you can go sit in your car with the windows up and the doors closed where nobody else can hear you scream and yell and you can scream and yell all you want in your driveway. Right. Or in your parents' car or whatever, you know, um, if you, if physical action is what helps get that feeling of anger out of your body, then yeah, do something like kickboxing, do something like running, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I also, if you don't have a kickboxing bag at home, I, a lot of people say punch a pillow, but pillows are kind of squishy. So I usually suggest getting on your knees on your mattress and punching your mattress because your mattress on your bed has a little bit more oomph to it. Of course, you have to be careful about your bed frame. Um, depending on how that is. Um, don't punch the sofa because you might break the frame or break the springs and the sofa. Or break but... your hands on like the, the structure of it, like the wood. 
Oh, true. Yeah. But I was thinking more about the seat part where it's all squishy. Gotcha. You know? Um, so if physically, it, it, some of it takes uh, experimentation. You have to f- figure out physically what will maybe get it out of your body. I have a physical one too that I really love. I learned this from Amanda Waite, who's a psychologist in, um, in Dallas, Texas. Anyhow, she taught me a um, long time ago about taking ice cubes, like get a cup or a bowl of ice cubes, go outside and throw them at a tree. It is so ridiculously cathartic. It is such a great release. I've used that with so many of my teens and they love it. Not all of them. I love it. I have never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah. Amanda's awesome. Suggest that or try that. Yeah. I remember um, back when, um, not not to disclose anything about anybody else's life, but um, back when my son was younger, um, we lived in an apartment that had a dumpster. And so you could open up, you know, half of the dumpster and it was sometimes kind of fun to throw things in there, whether they would break or not. If you were angry, you could chuck stuff into the dumpster and it would make a really loud noise or potentially break if it was glass. And because you had half of the cover on it, it wouldn't necessarily spew glass back at you. And you didn't necessarily have to clean it up because it was already in the dumpster. So yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. That sounds like a good one. I like that one too. Okay. So physical activities, what are some other things? What if you can't just scream? What if, what if maybe like your parents know what happened, but your siblings don't know what happened. So you can't really go sit in your bedroom and scream at the top of your lungs, even if you want to, because your siblings are going to be like, what's up? Why are you screaming? Um, Listening to angry music in your earbuds sometimes helps um, because then you can listen to it, you know, potentially as loud as you want. Don't yeah. damage your hearing. Yeah, please don't over. blow out your ears. Yeah. Yeah. But you can listen to it louder than you would be able to if other people could hear it too and they didn't want to hear it, you know? So loud, angry music in your earbuds, that sometimes helps. Um, visualizing, doing the thing that you would like to be able to do, whether it's you know throwing things at a tree or punching somebody in the face or whatever, closing your eyes and making a movie out of that, sometimes just that in and of itself will help it kind of go away, you know? Yeah. yeah. So one thing I kind of enjoy sharing with clients is that um, you know, maybe sitting down and writing everything you want, you possibly could say, like everything you want to say to the person, be as ugly and mean as you want, just get it out on paper and then you can tear it up. Anyhow. Um, that's actually, that that's actually another good point. Um, in, in terms of, we were talking about, you know, dumpsters and throwing ice cubes at trees and things like that. Um, grabbing cardboard out of the recycling and ripping it up. That's a good you one. Know? Yeah. Because ripping paper, like one sheet of paper can kind of feel um, too easy. But yeah. if you take a handful of paper or if you take some cardboard, like a cereal box and you rip it in half, like sometimes that really feels good. Yeah. And so I like your idea of, you know, writing down all of the things that you would want to say to that person, because at the end you can crumple it up, you can rip it up. You know, you, you could even, you could save it if you want to, you know, if you don't want to destroy it, but you can get all of that out. Yeah. And if you're able even to read it out loud, you can read it out loud and you can pretend that you're saying it to that person. Like here yeah. are all the things I'd love to be able to say to you if I could get away with saying everything I want to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you could also uh, draw a picture of the person, like, you know, a picture. I'm a terrible artist, so mine would be a stick figure, whatever. But, um, you know, it's like draw something representing that person and throw darts, you know, pin it up on the wall, throw darts at it. You know, if you've got darts or what, am I being too bad? No, but you have to make sure that you're not going to ruin your wall. Oh yeah, not on your wall. Okay, like if you have a dartboard... (laughs) You have a dartboard. Um, Go get you know, yourself you a dart, or throw throw a tennis ball at it. You know, you know, just whatever, whatever makes it feel better. Or you can even draw it, draw eyes on it, scratch their eyes. You know, like rip their face up. You know, whatever you need to do, something like that to just sort of feel like, you know, you're saying, "Screw you! You don't have power over me. I'm the one who has power." Just to get the anger stuff out. Um, I think some people write poetry, which is very similar to, you know, it's an emotional writing. Maybe if you want to record something, you could like scream and, you know, and then delete it. I don't know. Recording also in terms of coping mechanisms, people who want to calm themselves down when they're angry, sometimes you, you can record a message to yourself that is soothing and calming or someone like if you, if you have a, a friend or a family member who is always really good at calming you down, you can ask them to record the thing that they would say to you so that you have access to it 24 7, 365. I love that. Yeah. If you're in in class or you're walking through the hallways at school and you can't necessarily call the person that helps calm you down, or if it's two o'clock in the morning and you can't call the person that normally calms you down or you don't want to wake them up or whatever. Or if your parents are divorced and you're at the other parent's house Oh my God. I ha- I know exactly who I'm going to share that with. I love that. That's so good. Then you can just play it. You can have them say something like, I, I, I know you're really mad right now and I'm sorry that you're feeling so horrible. T- please take a deep breath. I love you. I will give you a huge hug the next time I see you. Everything's going to be okay. Well, and by the way, that works for anxiety too. Because exactly. I've got all these kids with anxiety and I'm just like, dude, this is brilliant. You can take that with you to school, put it on your phone. If you have access to your phone, which in high school, typically you do. What a good idea. Thank you, Sydney. One for the toolbox. Um, okay. And the, the adults too, by the way, you know, any, any, any adults who might be listening to this, you can even record the message for yourself. Like if you, you know, you can pretend to be your own best friend. Yeah. I mean, teenagers can do it too, but oftentimes I find teenagers like to get support from their social network and adults sometimes don't necessarily want to disclose any struggle that they're having. So they might have to be their own best friend. Absolutely. Okay. So now let's move on. Let's move back to what we originally started talking about, um, about more general anger, just sort of like feeling pissed all the time and angry all the time. So we were, we were talking about triggers. So it's really important to figure out, you can use your triggers to your advantage, I think is where you were going with this. Use them to your advantage. You can, um, once you recognize what sets you off, then you can anticipate when situations are going to have that trigger for you. And this goes back to our resilience episode, which is like number two, I think, where we talked about then you can learn to desensitize your, yourself to the triggers. You can say, you know what? I'm not going to be controlled by the triggers. They don't deserve to do that. They don't get to do that. I control the triggers. So you mentioned breathing and it's so funny. I can't tell you how many teenagers have said to me, if you tell me 
to take a breath. And I'm like, don't worry. That's not one of my toolbox things. You're good. (laughs) I don't think that breathing solves it in and of itself. It's just a simple, um, immediate thing you can do in the moment to, to pause. Yes. So yeah. that you can then decide what it is that you want to do instead of letting the emotion drive you. Right. That's actually a really good point. It, and it really does help calm you down. But I, I do understand teenagers that it's really frustrating when you have all the adults in your life constantly saying, you need to take a breath, mister. <laughs> yeah. Sydney's doing funny things, which she's doing almost jazz hands. It was kind of fun just to give you a little description of what she was doing. I was trying not to interrupt you, but I was, I was trying to encourage you and, and empathize with you without interrupting you. I know, but Sydney not is so working. funny. No, when you do that stuff, it's hilarious. And you know what? I think our audience likes to hear when I tell them what you do. And you know what? <laughs> Sabrina's trying to break in. She's like, I want to come play. She's like, let me in. Um, okay. Another idea is keeping an anger log so you can kind of try and track where your triggers are. Like if you find yourself blowing up in a situation, write it down, you know, what was going on? What happened prior to you blowing up? Who was in the situation? Where were you? What time was it? What time of day? Had you eaten recently? Were you dehydrated? The anger log might give you clarity on what your triggers are, you know? So here's my experience though. You were saying like teenagers would say to you, like if you tell me to take a breath, right? Most of the time when I say things like anger log or mood log or whatever, whether they say it out loud or not, the reaction is usually great. One more piece of homework. Like I have time for that bullshit. Well, (laughs) I know, but, but here's the, yeah. And I get that. And I agree with you, but here's the reason. And this is the reason teenagers that we're doing this recording for you. And we're not just doing one recording for your parents because you get tired of hearing the adults in your life say, you need to do this. This is us saying to you, you know what, dude, this works, this works, you know, and because of the fact that you get tired of listening to the adults around you telling you what to do, take ownership of it, man, make it your own. I keep saying man and dude, dudette, theys, everybody, you know, y'all, y'all just take control of your own thing. And then when the adults around you put it in your face and they're like, da, da, da. you can say, oh, well, actually I've been doing this, 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 and this, and you will shut them down and it'd be awesome. Right. So, you know, take control of your own happiness, take control of your own anger. Um, take well, and that's ultimately the essence of being an adult is, is learning to quote unquote parent yourself. You know, that one of the reasons why teenagers get told so much stuff and adults don't necessarily, I mean, we, we still get told to do things by the people around us that either are in charge of us, like our bosses at work or the people that we are in partnerships with or whatever, but or um, the police or the government, right? Whatever. I mean, yes, yeah. there's laws and stuff like that, but part of parenting yourself is managing your own behavior and not necessarily having to have people tell you what to do because you're telling yourself to do it. Yes, exactly. So so as a teenager, if you're if you're learning to manage that, if you're already doing that, you're going to totally impress your parents and they're going to trust that you have figured it out and they'll give you less crap. So in sadly, theory. not all parents are like that. I said not in a, theory. Yeah, in theory. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I talked over you. I couldn't hear you. Anyhow, even if they don't, even if your parents don't respond well and they still nag you, even when you take 
control of your own adulting, you still are able to know inside. You have the peace inside of knowing, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I know what I'm doing. And if my parents don't get it, you know, it's because they love me and they're trying, they, they don't want to stop being a parent yet. <laughs> they're glomming on, they're Klingons. You know, I just, I was looking at something. So going for a hike in nature is another thing. And this is back to the physical things you can do when you're in the moment. And even, so you may not be able to go for a hike in nature. That may not be accessible to you. Just getting outside air, fresh air can really help with a lot of things, whether it's anxiety. And I don't know why it works, but it does like from babyhood on babies really calm down if you take them outside. But, you know, I know for me, if I go outside, I'm instantly like, why don't I spend 24 hours a day outside? Why, why am I in my house all the time? The, the other thing that, I mean, you know, we were talking about breathing or whatever. The, the other thing that I think is important to recognize about all emotions, including anger, is that they, they pass. You know, there are going to be days where you're more angry, more irritable. There are going to be days where you're sadder. There are going to be days where you feel super happy and you might not want that to end, right? The reality is that no emotion is forever. And so even if you are feeling really irritable and really angry today, just remember that that's not going to last forever. So, and that that's why making decisions based on your current emotions is not a, not a good plan you know, it's always, it's always good to just kind of wait and watch before you decide. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to send us your questions on Instagram handle at ask the podcast or by email ask at ask the podcast.com. trying to figure this whole thing out too.